I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork Hurlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game. OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Now you're welcome along. So it's a Tuesday evening and the... Good news, everybody, is that a slight tangent is coming at you just after eight o'clock. Second week in a row, we're on a hell of a run. Gavin Cooney will pick out his moments of the Premier League season after nine o'clock. And then Rory O'Connor this hour will join us to take you through the nuts and bolts of Andy Farrell's 42-man training squad. 53106 is the text number. We're at Off The Ball on Twitter. Richard McCormick's there. Good evening to you. Gents, how are you? Very well. Michael McCarthy, hello to you. Hello, Joseph. How have you spent your day, Michael? Today? Yeah. Uh, talking about succession, all 99% all and then 1% uh, pretending to work. Yeah. Don't worry, there will be no spoilers. No. We definitely won't say anything about it. Stop now. I've uh, listened to four succession podcasts today <laughs> and been involved in a fifth. <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to plug that? Not right. It's fine. Hard shoulder. Hard shoulder. With Andrea Gilligan and Jess Kelly. Yeah. All the big voices of news talk coming together to talk about succession. Yeah, there were some disagreements about winners, losers, all that kind of business. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's there. I listened to two, I would say, and okay. I would actually say that was me taking it easy. Very good. Richie, are you a succession man? I watched the first episode and I just didn't really have any time for it. I haven't ah, gone back to it since. Jeez, yeah. I, I remember you saying that before now. I think you got to venture back yeah. for a look. Yeah, at this stage, no. it's probably unlikely. Yeah, <laughs> it's just added to the list of major TV shows that I've just never bothered with. Oh yeah, give us your give us your top three of like big shows that you really <clears> should have watched but didn't. Sopranos. Yeah, with you there. I've tried uh, it a few times. Started that a few times. Two morons. Sorry, move on. Sorry. <laughs> the the succession there. Uh, the Wire is another one I haven't yeah, really bothered I've with. Started um, that a few times as well. Um, God, you name it. I probably probably well, haven't watched. This, this is your most hipster moment yet. Oh, I just finished watching Barry. It's like I don't listen to. The, they're way too popular those shows. I, you know, I'd like to. You know, did you get into Breaking or, Bad? Conversely, I had no, no. That was in the days before I, I either had the channel or knew how to come across these things. So uh, what what would have been your like? Oh, I binged on that. I loved that. I literally just finished watching Barry, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, finished watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel which again was decent but not brilliant decent yeah um, great uh, yeah it's, it's kind of I don't know um, god uh, there's, there's actually loads um, but yeah like the, most of the big ones no but it's funny it, me, it, that is funny isn't it uh, do, you, do you feel there is like some stubbornness there where well if the mainstream likes this without a doubt <laughs> Richie doesn't even no. know that that's there but it is no uh, it's, <laughs> like it's this is the man who came on and said World Cup Final, not, not, World for Cup, me. Meh. not for me. Average World Cup. World Cup, no correction. The World Cup as a whole was average. The World <laughs> oh, Cup final. Um, no, it's just God. Like all of these things, pretty much popped up at a time when I was either <clears throat> doing breakfast radio, which meant that I was going to bed at stupid early and didn't get time to watch anything, or uh, yeah, kid, the family life interceded, and then working it. Like I went from working stupid early mornings to working nights. So it's like your main two television watching times pretty much our main one even just completely out of the out of the question so just that's probably hampered it family life's probably hampered it yeah no that's all fair that's all fair yeah I'm with them on The Sopranos and um, The Wire and I, I know it's on me I've tried The Sopranos three or four times 
got about as maybe far it's as not for you, but it just means in. that you're not a uh, you know don't have very good taste with these things. You know, no, I just I found it a bit uh, just superficial of a level. The characters didn't do it for oh, me. I, I couldn't get my teeth. I really couldn't disagree more. But I, maybe maybe it, uh, did you not? Did you get as far as? You're allowed spoilers. It's called College. You're allowed spoilers. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't want to spoil it for you. Did you get to an episode called College, <clears throat> where Tony takes Meadow on a tour of colleges? It's like the fourth or fifth episode. I can't remember. Right. I remember a swan being. I'd be surprised. Ducks in a swimming pool. Yeah, that's earlier. I'd be surprised if you got past that episode and still thought it was okay. you know top level or superficial. I just thought, who were the the lads uh, either of a certain age? One of them was in hospital or something. They were just like caricatures of what the mafia are with the hair and everything. I just thought it was daft. <laughs> like Polly and... Yeah, I just... A word I'd not say the other character I, on the radio at seven o'clock in the whatever. evening. Whatever. I, I saw those Big two. Big something. Yeah, they just left me cold, I have to say. Yeah. I I'll try again. That. I'll try again. I'll just, try again. Just because you don't understand basic... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't even... I don't even have anything to finish that sentence. I'm only joking. Pete's really enjoying this character assassination out there, by the way. Cackling. Uh, I can't believe I'm in. I'm on a news round with two people who haven't seen The Sopranos. By the way, it's absolutely bananas. Or The Wire. Have you not seen The Wire either? Started it a few times. Uh, yeah, right started it as well. Listen, we're two smart dudes, you know. Mad Men. Maybe we're right. Mad Men, Sopranos, Wire, Breaking Bad. I would say, but the, the, that's Never that's more debatable. Some people genuinely don't like that show, but oh. I would have it there as like top, and I would say Succession joins them. That's your in the uh, pantheon. Mount it's, not, it's, it's a five five show Mount Rushmore now, which is okay, unusual. And I'm probably forgetting something. And then like you know something like the West Wing, which I know isn't the best, but yeah. would be a personal favorite. Yes, no, I'm the same on the West Wing. Yeah, I would. Damn, uh, that means it must be shit. <laughs> I'd be afraid to watch it back, the West Wing, in case. Oh, I've watched it back many, many, it many times. Oh, well. but it has. There's loads of things wrong with the West Wing. Okay. It, it's aged terribly. Right. It's also like again when you get used to such prestige TV as we're talking about the HBO stuff. Yeah. It's so. Uh, I don't know Aaron Sorkin horrific and uh, speech shaves everything you know and unrealistic and all of that but it's still uh, he, highly entertaining he he, he reached his, his his bottom end his nadir with the, was it the newsroom so I watched the first yeah. series of that the Aaron Sorkin god that was abysmal like really really bad it was like lo- just people talking at each other for the span of an hour yeah. while yeah trying to put the world to rights oh god yeah no, I don't disagree with you Richie it was terrible I loved it yeah absolutely loved it <laughs> did you I quite liked the Jeff Daniels speech on stage when oh, yeah. he's asked if America can be, can be the greatest country in the world again yeah it was I don't remember, it, it wasn't, remember it, much beyond it, that it wasn't a great show no it really wasn't though. anyway we what are we here to uh, talk about play on I was just asking what you were up to today and it turns out you were talking about succession uh, all afternoon the uh, <laughs> news, you. news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs <laughs> get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition is available now uh, Richie we're starting with 42 man Training squad. They're get, They're starting in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. they are. It's it's they're not playing until ninth of September. <laughs> they're playing sooner than that. But yeah, four uncut players. Oh, yeah, okay. They've got those games. They've got yeah. a warm up. But like, they've got seven weeks of prep for Italy at the Aviva warm up. Three weeks yeah. holiday. Sure. How many? How many do most oh, people get? How many needs? I'd give them. I'd give them a month off, if not five weeks. I just don't think for pe- you know getting to start to peak for September. Yeah, now Leinster have already been off a week, so that's four weeks for those players, and they like Connacht and Ulster another couple of weeks before that. It's only the Munster players that have three weeks, really, isn't it? I'd, I'd have them coming back chomping at the bit. Yeah. I think 18th of June is a bit early. 
there is there is a lot of stuff in, in, in rugby of like you know like the NFL comparisons and how few games they play and how long they have off in between and how much their bodies are wrecked and it's a different sport absolutely but you can't tell me there isn't comparisons and there is a sort of a, a sports science look from the NFL side of things on rugby where they can't get over the amount of games that they play in a year and more importantly how long the season goes on for yeah you know so we're talking in a World Cup year year round yeah you know maybe a month off if you're lucky uh you know, I don't think I don't think they're going back in cold. I'd, I'd imagine if they're, you know, I I presume you do start training at least two or three weeks out before you go to preseason camp, don't you? So, like, how much actual time off are they going to take? Oh, it's probably one to ask, <laughs> you know, Brian or something when he's in on Thursday or something as to how that works. But um, I'd imagine there's just no downtime at all for them this year. It is full on. Rich, the headlines. Yeah, four uncapped players, as I mentioned, in the 42-man training squad ahead of the Rugby World Cup campaign. Munster winger Calvin Nash, Leinster backs Kieran Frawley and Jamie Osborne and Ulster hooker Tom Stewart all get the nod. There's no room for Munster's URC winning flanker John Hodnett nor Ulster winger Robert Balakoon. The squad is going to gather on June 18th with their first warm-up game coming against Italy on August the 5th. They'll have another against England and then they'll play Samoa in France. Yeah, we'll talk to Rory O'Connor about all of that. Again, with the forty-two man squad, it's hard to have any shockers. Yeah, it's 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 the line under Joey Carberry's participation at the World Cup. You would think, yeah. although like I mean, injuries and all could change that. But it's just he's not even in a forty-two man squad. I think it's interesting. Stockdale is in there. He's given himself a lot of options in the the back five. Mm. You know, something small like the fact that uh, uh, Jeremy Lockman has uh, taken over from. Uh, from Kilcoyne with Munster but you know Andy Farrell's not making that call quite yet you know what I mean and maybe looking for the experience of someone like Kilcoyne in camp you know so there's like in the bigger picture of what we're going to be looking at when that squad gets cut Mm. no no real big stories there but there are some interesting little uh, decisions that were made yeah Rory will join us Hassan to talk through in a bit more depth French Open then underway Yeah, Daniel Medvedev has become the biggest casualty of the French Open first round thus far. The men's second seed lost in five sets today to the world number 172, Thiago Saibach-Vild. He's become the first Brazilian to record a win over a top two player at Roland Garros since Gustavo Curtin did just that against Roger Federer back in 2004. Saibach-Vild says the three-time French Open champion is an inspiration to him. Guga in in Brazil, he's an idol for everyone, not only tennis players. He's a person to be looked up at. And I think his legacy in this tournament is something really special. And not you don't see that many players that won this tournament three times. And I mean, I just need to take that energy from him and dream big. Somebody says, Richie, you have to watch Breaking Bad, followed by Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. I would do anything to watch both as a newbie. You will genuinely thank me later, says Benitez on YouTube. So I don't know if you've seen this, but I just want to know what which you would do, right? So this was uh, made as Breaking Bad, then Better Call Saul, but Better Call Saul is a prequel to mm-hmm. uh, Breaking, uh, Bad. Breaking Bad. So if you were starting afresh, which order would you watch them in? Uh, Breaking Bad still. Yeah. I think. I think that's the way to do it. Just... The interesting conundrum that I will never have. Is Breaking Bad maligned now? I thought it was amazing. No, I didn't say time. it was maligned. I think it just it it divided opinion, didn't it? Like, I mean, a lot of people just thought it was too slow or didn't really. A lot of people didn't like it. Uh, I think if you were there by the last couple of seasons and you'd that hang on that long, you were well rewarded. It's high octane. If anything, yeah. it was, you know, uh, like it was just um, blockbustery. Yeah. 
as opposed to too slow. Um, so there you go. That's advice, Richie. Get on the Breaking Bad thing with, with all that <laughs> free time yours. So Absolutely. Yeah. There's more French Open. Yeah, more French Open today. No such problems, uh, unlike Medvedev, for the likes of Kasparud, last year's beaten finalist, nor Alexander Zverev, both of whom straight sets victors today. Defending women's champion Iga Sviantek is true to the second round. She beat the Spaniard Christina Buxa 6-love, six, 6-4. Six, Already today wins as well for Elena Rabakina, the sixth seed Coco Goff. She needed three sets today and seven seed Ange Jabor, but the 2021 champion Barbara Krejcikova lost in straight sets to Lesia Tsarenko. Uh, meanwhile... I mean, there's going to be a, a bit of a GAA controversy a brewing at, <laughs> in, a, in a seat near me. So <laughs> uh, it's a, a home Munster hurling final for Limerick. Even though the hosts were looking to play it elsewhere. Yeah, the TOS Gaelic Grounds chosen as the venue for the Munster hurling decider. Clare had proposed Sample Stadium. Limerick had proposed Porky Cueve before the counties reached an agreement to play at the Limerick venue. Throw in on Sunday, June 11th will be at quarter to two. Do we know how that agreement was reached? I mean, so Clare proposed yeah. Sample. Limerick proposed Porky Cueve before they reached an agreement. Clare asked for like an adjournment last night, basically. Uh, how is this done? Is this like by text? No, I, I think was there a meeting, or there must have been a representative there. I would imagine from both things, but there was a there was a tweet last night saying that this wouldn't be announced until tomorrow. It was supposed to be announced at nine o'clock last night, and it was basically a tweet went out saying this will be put back to, until tomorrow following a um, request from Claire. So what happened seemingly was that. The Munster Council wanted Cork. That was we've known that since when we thought it was going to be Clare and Tip. Uh, John Fogarty said yesterday, uh, the Irish examiner John Fogarty said yesterday that he he's hearing that it's still Cork. That came as a massive surprise to people because the obvious venue for a Limerick Clare match is Turles, as it has always been, and you know there's no reason not to. It's very very difficult heavy traffic drive to get from uh, from from Clare to Cork it's very far away if you think it's the size of Munster you know but uh, it was assumed both counties would want to play in Thurles it was a surprise to everyone to hear that Limerick wanted to play in Cork and Clare came back with this compromise of basically playing the game away from home which is a million times better for the supporters basically a home game for Clare except for the fact that it's not home it's actually a home game for Limerick it's on the ground they train in if I was to be conspiratorial I would say that Limerick knew what they were doing. They knew that Clare didn't want to go to Cork and proposed Cork as opposed to just going along with Turles, hoping that this might happen. And fair play to them if they did, by the way. That's not that's not a negative for me. They've managed like they if, if they've uh if they've managed to get a home Munster final and it they can point that it being Clare's idea. Hmm. Then they've done bloody well out of it, you know. Okay. But uh, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, this is actually better for the fans. Do you know what I mean? All, all kind of like being angry aside, I think the game should be in Turles. Grand. It's better to be in Limerick than to be in Cork. It's much better for all fans concerned, right? Sorry, it's just I don't know about playing in a way Munster final against a three in a row All Ireland champions. It's a, you know. It's just when you there said all um, being angry aside, I just found me and Arthur glanced at each other, and then Arthur started doing fake tears and wiping them on his cheeks. Which yeah. was childish. I'm sorry, you were a midpoint. No, I'm finished. <laughs> the listener heard me. It was I the know, only you that was looking through the I'm glasses. Sorry. Laughing. I'm sorry, that was childish on Arthur's part in particular. Uh, yeah, He's meant to be producing the show, for God's sake. Me and Arthur haven't spoke since the Munster final pairing was announced and we have to get through a tangent tonight somehow. I don't know how we're going to do it. But oh, yeah. No speaking until June 12th. Uh, interesting this, Richie. Sports Direct 
Yeah, the FAI has signed a deal with Sports Direct to sponsor both the men's and women's FAI Cups. The contract is going to run for three years. You might remember in 2020, the FAI revealed they were paying back a 6.5 million euro loan to Sports Direct in monthly installments, which was set to run until 2025. That a hangover from the John Delaney era. This is literally the first I've seen this story, so I, I, I don't know. I'm just asking this out of curiosity. Are Sports Direct paying here for the sponsorship or is there a degree of contra? Uh, I could not say because yeah. it doesn't reveal so in okay. the press release that was put earlier on. Okay, fair enough. I'm sure someone will look into it in due course. Um, St. Pat's? Yeah, bad news for them. They've confirmed that Tom Gravosti has suffered a ruptured, ruptured anterior cruciate ligament. The defender sustained the injury in the first half of Friday last's 2-1 win at home to Dundalk. Gravosti requires surgery and is likely to miss the rest of Pat's season. He'd also struggled uh, with a hamstring injury earlier this term. The texts are just lighting up with people recommending things to watch on TV. Oh, yeah. That was the way. Faulty Towers, that's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Bernard Infinglis points out, I didn't know this, that Shane Meadows, he of This Is England fame, which is great. Have you seen that? Yeah, long time ago. Oh, that's great. And there was a movie, was there as well? No, the movie was, is yeah. This Is England. Then there was like This Is England 84 or something like that. That was 86. a TV show, wasn't it? I think it went up to 90. Okay. Top, There's top. a few different installments. Yeah, yeah. really good. Grim. Really, really oh, hard watching. Yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not a cheery yeah. watch. But uh, there's a new Shane Meadows drama starting tomorrow at nine, apparently. It's called The Gallows Pole. It's a period drama, says Bernard in Inglis. About the making of Led Zeppelin 3. Yes. Uh, Claire's so confident they've Limerick's number that they'll even play them at the Gale Grants, showing who's boss in the fixture. Says well, they've Paul. already beaten them there this year, you know, so. How many points do you think Gale Grants, with an even distribution of tickets, is worth? I don't know. Three. I really don't know. Two or three, I'd say. What do you think? Yeah, two or three. Yeah. Easily two or three. Like, there is home advantage, <laughs> like, in sport, you know? So, but look, I think Clare hadn't won a championship game there in, like, 100 years or something like that before a few weeks ago. So, you know, that's off their backs anyway. At least they know they can do it. Mm. Um, yeah, I hope it's not raining. It's a very open stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, amazing. The weekend, obviously, yeah, the weather in the crowd, yeah. Uh, Richie, Liverpool have appointed their new sporting director. Yeah, it's Jörg Schmadke who has been appointed their new sporting director, replacing the outgoing Julian Ward. FSG president Mike Gordon says the German will help with football operations in supporting manager Jurgen Klopp. Schmadke has only signed an initial three-month contract, having held similar positions at the likes of Hanover, Köln and most recently Wolfsburg. Okay. Uh, London Irish then, in a bit of bother, obviously. Yeah, but they look set to be given an extension to the deadline to provide assurances about their future. The English RFU want proof that an American-led takeover is close to completion or that funds are available to complete, compete even in next season's Premiership. Failure to meet the deadline would have seen the Exiles suspended from the English top flight. However, current owner Mick Crossan has agreed to fulfil this month's payroll and documents regarding that potential takeover are believed to be imminent in the RFU's inbox. Uh, meanwhile then, women's GAA? Yeah, defending champions me, they're going to begin their defence of the All-Ireland Women's Football title against Waterford on Sunday, June 25th. The Senior Championship gets underway a week earlier with Waterford facing Donegal in that Group 2. The first televised game will be in Group 3 with Dublin up against Kerry. Group 1 opens with the meeting of Leash and Armagh and a clash of Galway and Cork gets things up and running in Group 4. Now, uh, this has been brewing for a while over in uh, Spain. People will be familiar with the French prop, Mohamed Aous. He's been uh, sentenced to jail time. 
Sentenced to a year in prison on domestic violence charges, the 29-year-old was arrested on Friday having admitted to hitting his wife at a Montpellier shopping centre in front of multiple witnesses and indeed CCTV cameras. Hawass was allowed to walk free from court today as he intends to appeal the sentence. Okay. Uh, Premier League? Five people who broadcast Premier League matches illegally have been jailed for a total of more than 30 years. The individuals who ran three pirate streaming networks were found guilty of conspiracy to defraud, money laundering and contempt of court. The companies which made more than €8 million in their operations also offered access to tens of thousands on-demand films and television shows. Oh, that's a hefty sentence. I... (laughs) I was a bit taken aback when he said 30 years there. Is that like five people 30 years, so six years each territory? Six, six years, years each. Well. That's, a, yeah. that's, okay. that's a big sentence for piracy. Six years? Ah, it's only six years. You do six years. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You, you were like inside my head there. Yeah, you're right. I couldn't do six weeks. Um, yeah, no, I suppose it is when you see sentences handed out for other what you would think are more yes, exactly. devastating, yeah, yeah, yeah. damaging crimes. Yeah, but this uh, one affects money, Joe, and the economy and yeah. businesses. So they ran three pirate streaming networks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know too much about it beyond that. It's It'd be the similar situation where people would uh, have access to, I think it's the IPTV services, whereby you'd get like, a pl- I think it's a playlist code, and then there's infinite amount of materials that could be accessed via that whether it's you know as they mentioned there um, football or different sports sports channels and movies and all the rest of it so it's people who would be operating dodgy boxes and, and dodgy sticks in the back of their telly it's not necessarily going after the consumer but it's going after the operators of, of those kind of things which clearly are, are if there's 8 million quid being made out of them are, are uh, pretty decent and sizable money making operations yeah what percentage of the country do you think have dodgy boxes? I don't know. I'm fully paid up member you know, of so uh, I, yeah, I, Sky Digital. Yeah, yeah, but I mean... Is that what it's still called? I don't know. Sky TV. Um, I would say a big percentage. I don't know. Like, I mean, we'd be like, speculating on numbers. Like, Throw out a number I there. mean, how many do you, of the <laughs> 10 people closest to you in your life, how many? Two. You know, two, it's three or four maybe, yeah, for me, yeah, you know. So a good few people have it. I do notice you always know who has it by when you send texts into a group and there's been a goal scored in a big match or something like that. They go, ah, you've ruined it for me. It's like, and then three minutes later, oh, that was a good goal. I find (laughs) you know who has it because they're generally pretty fond of telling you. Yeah, that's fair enough as well. You'd be mad to pay. Uh, Hi, lads. Great show as always. Believe it or not, it is the first ever Manchester Derby in an FA Cup final in 150 years plus history. Is it? Yeah. Steve on YouTube? That's been verified, is it? No, it wow. is true. Yeah, I remember them saying that when the semi-finals happened. Wow. All right, yeah. We had a few Merseyside derbies, all right. But uh, yeah, I think it's the most interesting tie you could possibly hope for. I would imagine for this Saturday, like you know, it oh, feels yeah, like the great. FA Cup is relevant as well. Did you see Wayne Rooney's article on Sunday in the Sunday Times where he talked about winning the FA Cup in 2016 or? really late in his career whenever they beat Palace yeah. he said that it was one of the biggest days of his life and that it was his dream and I didn't realise he hadn't won it it's so funny how the consciousness of the outside versus the inside for him this was like this massive hole that he grew up watching the FA Cup mm-hmm. and had never won it and I was like, and then I'm reading it going that was Wayne Rooney's first FA Cup yeah. you know I couldn't believe it like. he'd lost in that final in 05 when he was young Roy Keane was still playing it went to penalties against, yeah, against Arsenal, Arsenal in the black yeah. jerseys and then they lost to Chelsea two years That's later. Right. Drogba scored an extra time. Yeah. Yeah. So we lost both of those. 
and uh, he was saying he took the trophy and his sons woke up with the trophy in between them and the yeah, in the bedroom, in the bed, yeah. so it was a big deal. Interestingly, the club tried to take the trophy off the players to, I mean, you've commercial guessed it, partners. Show commercial partners. <laughs> and Rooney, in fairness, said, get lost. Yeah. We've won the trophy, we're taking it for the night at least. Yeah. But I just, I, I read that on Sunday morning thinking, I can't wait for the FA Cup final. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, that doesn't happen every year, I suppose, so... He's pretty good tactically. His uh, recommendation for Manchester United to win the game was to go 4-4-2, but like uh, the four and the four to be very tight together, not venture forward very much, and basically Rashford and Martial to cheat, to yeah. stay up there, split strikers, because City have just had total control of too many games in the last... He two, used Robin and Duff so. as examples of yeah. two players that did that, who he was right. a nightmare to play against. They would cheat all the time. And so when you're attacking, at the back of your mind as you're attacking, you're thinking, hang on, where's Duff? Where's Robin? So yeah. that was that was his. I mean, to be fair, United have done that uh, under Solskjaer weirdly more often than most. Those split strikers are doing their thing. Um, and Rooney said, "Everyone in football knows it's impossible, nearly, to break down eight players tightly organised, disciplined, solely focused on keeping a clean sheet." I sort of would think City have faced that. Yeah, there more well, than a couple of times. Well, practice at it anyway, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah but it should be good. It should be good, uh, fellas. We are out of time. Richie, thank you very much. Nice lads. Cheers, Michael, thank you. Cheers, lads.